Before we get to our episode, I wanted to give a quick reminder that my new book, The Plant-Based Athlete, which I co-wrote with a good longtime friend, Robert Cheek, uh, that is available for pre-order. It comes out on June 15th, 2021. And uh, anytime up until then, if you pre-order the book, you'll get a big, huge package of bonuses that Robert and I have put together. So in addition to all the great information we've packed into The Plant-Based Athlete, including meal plans and 60 recipes, plus a day in the life of 25 top plant-based athletes, you'll also get this incredible package of bonuses. Uh, but you got to do it before the book comes out on June 15th, and that's at book.nomeatathlete.com. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Great. Uh, Dr. Scott Harrington, veganprimarycare.com, a doctor, an osteopathic doctor, which we're going to dig into. Thank you so much for spending part of your afternoon with us. I'm so excited for this conversation. Glad to be here. Thanks for meeting with me. Of course, of course. There's so many topics that are controversial. And you'd think, you know, if we just all ate more plants, right? But then as more and more of us do, and we have more people, you know, uh, uh, publishing their opinions on these things, now oil and nightshades and alcohol and uh, oxalates, like it's a complicated world. So I'm always really excited to to talk to a doctor and and to uh, dig into these and, and get your uh, opinion on them. So um, before we do, I'd love to learn more about you and, and your vegan journey, your your uh, journey in medicine. What what came first? Did you start out on this path knowing that you wanted nutrition to be a part of your a primary part of your primary care practice, or just maybe uh, rewind for a little bit and and uh, help us understand how, how we got here today. Yes, yes. I knew I always wanted to be a doctor. Uh, my mom was into, you know, nutrition. and was always dieting and she was getting diet books and stuff. Uh, uh, McDougal's book, it was, it was in our house and uh, all these other diet books. So I knew I wanted to be a doctor. I, I went uh, into the military, West Point grad. Uh, and in the army, I got to, they sent me to medical school went to Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine, where I became an osteopathic doctor, and then later uh, studied uh, family medicine at Fort Bragg. Um, I was a, a family doctor for the army, deploying to Afghanistan and, and you know, all over, been to Germany and, and uh, had lots of wide experiences with the army. And um, my sort of vegan origin story is every year, you know, they make you run, they make you run and you start to gain that one or two pounds a year on the standard American diet. And I tried to lose weight and I, I failed. I, I, it didn't work. I was trying to eat less and exercise more. And I was scared because my patients, it was my primary recommendation to my patients. And if I couldn't do it and they weren't doing it, I, I lost hope. So that is when I saw the movie Forks Over Knives in 2012. And that day, it was just, uh, you know, cold turkey. So, you know, so someone, told, someone called it cold carrot. I was just uh, joking around. Anyway, I went vegan right away and all my medical problems improved. I dropped down to my 18-year-old weight and improved my exercise performance. And from then, I was hooked. I told all my patients about it. And uh, since then, that's been my primary recommendation for all my patients. And I've helped people get off their medications. And 
I worked with the military for a while, and then now I'm reserves and back in my uh, my wife's hometown here in uh, in Palm Harbor, Florida, outside of Tampa. And I worked uh, for a local hospital, and then I decided to do telemedicine. I got lots of licenses in lots of states, and because it was an urgent care situation with AmericanWell.com, I decided, you know what, I'm not being able to really do my passion, which is tell people about the plant-based diet and help them come off their medications. So I created Vegan Primary Care. Vegan Primary Care, I can be a primary care doctor for you in 42 states and uh, growing. And, uh, and so even if you move, I move with you. And it's been, it's been, a, great, it's been a great experience. People are very happy. People have been waiting to have a vegan doctor. So they're, so they're you don't have to uh, have the uncomfortable conversation with your doctor about where you get your protein and that kind of thing. So it, it's been, it's been a, it's been a wild ride and a great experience so far. Wow. That's awesome. And, and uh, um, thank you for your, your service. I always have to, to add, um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I remember there's a, uh, you know, I don't know what, what the technical term is a white paper out of the military that said one of our national security threats, one of the main ones is the level of obesity because they're unable to get the recruits that we need. So obviously our, our hope is that more and more of them hear about a plant-based diet and we might have a little bit less of, of those challenges, but um, it's amazing the, the connection. And um, tell me uh, j- just one, one uh, question uh, practically. Um, so you order lab tests in 42 states and folks can because we're constantly getting questions because I, I do blood tests religiously. I think it's very fascinating to look inside and, and it's ultimately, you know, the only way that you can really know if things are, are going well. Uh, certainly uh, urine tests help uh, look at metabolites and the like. Um, but we're constantly asked, you know, where should I go to get a blood test? So people can engage you. You can order labs in their hometown and then look at them and, and give your recommendations as part of your practice, right? Absolutely. I have, uh, have accounts with Quest and LabCorp uh, in, in, in those states, uh, and all, I can only order them where I am licensed right. to prescribe and, and, and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, patients can and, uh, come on and I interview them and find out the appropriate tests to order. And uh, you know the, the big question kind of is how is it paid for? So you can do uh, you can you can um, work it out through me. They call that client pay, or you can pay at uh, Quest or LabCorp. That's called patient pay. And then there's a third one is insurance pay. So whether you have insurance or not, there's uh, they you can work it out, and we can we can figure out a way to get you tested. Awesome. Um... Very cool. I, I love that more and more of these uh, solutions have become available. And, and now with COVID, so much of our life has, has become remote, virtual, and frankly, more convenient, you know? So I, I think uh, um, I'm, I'm optimistic that, that uh, some of these things will, will stay. Um, other things we can get rid of, you know, the other parts of COVID I, I'm, I'm not so in love with. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let, uh, a few few more curiosities, and then we'd love to, to dive into the, uh, the 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 plant-based controversies, if you will. Um, what what's the number one reason that you see people coming to a a plant-based diet? And are most of your patients uh, are are they 
not plant-based and therefore seeking out your guidance in that transition because they watched forks over knives or something and they have type two diabetes and they want to make this transition? Or, or are you mostly seeing that people like me, families who are vegan, but don't want to deal, like you say, with those uncomfortable conversations with um, doctors who largely ignore nutrition, right? And yet we have to go in and, you know, do the, the, uh, the, the motions just to get our kids measured and make sure that they're growing and right. So I'm curious if you can share your, your observations of, of how things are changing and who is it that's seeking out your care? Yeah, it's uh, you did a great explanation of of sort of the the folks who seek out this type of um, of practice. You have people who have had a medical scare and they have learned that the vegan diet is is helpful for so many reasons. And so, uh, yeah, you you, ha- you do have folks who are, have want to make a, a huge transition and are seeking guidance. Then you have, like you said, the families who have been long vegan or ethical vegans uh, who 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 just want to be understood. They just want a doctor who gets them. And you're in, and, uh, and so that's why they would seek me out. Um, the, the, the biggest, the biggest fear initially when I made this vegan primary care was that I would scare away people who were omnivores or vegetarian or something. And, uh, so my biggest message to them is that, uh, you know, uh, I'm here to help you live a healthy lifestyle. And, um, you know, for instance, if someone was a smoker and they go to the doctor, the doctor is going to recommend that you stop smoking or at least decrease smoking dramatically. And so no matter which, no, which diet you are, I, due to the dose-dependent relationship with the plant-based diet, the, the more plant-based you are in general, the healthier you, you know, your, your health outcomes are. So um, I treat everybody. And so there shouldn't be some sort of fear that I, I wouldn't be able to be there for them. Uh, so... It's been, it's been great. It's been great. You know, some of my patients have come over from, uh, from prior practices and some have been following me and some of them are being, are, I'm picking up through like live, live Facebook, um, uh, broadcasts and that sort of thing. Hey, it's Matt and Doug jumping in here with a couple announcements. First up the plant-based athlete, my new book co-written with vegan bodybuilder, Robert Cheek comes out June 15th and is now available for pre-order. And Matt, I don't know if you know this, but I have spent the last couple of weeks since you sent me a, a copy of the draft, just mm-hmm. scouring the book. I, there's so much awesome information in this thing, and I am so excited to be giving it to, you know, to buying a bunch myself to give to, to friends and, and parents and all kinds of stuff, because this is a really comprehensive and robust guide for whether you're a new plane-based athlete or just barely interested in it, or someone like me who's been doing it for a while. That is exactly what we are going for, Doug, so I'm glad to hear that. We wanted this to be uh, the comprehensive manual, the end-all, be-all guide to becoming a plant-based athlete or getting the most out of your plant-based diet if you already are an athlete. Uh, We packed it full of information, not just the protein, carbohydrates, fat, and all the micronutrients. Of course, that stuff is there, uh, but also lots more athlete-specific topics like how to use fruits and vegetables to supercharge your recovery. And Matt, don't forget about my favorite section, the Day in the Life section, where you highlight 25 champion and Olympian plant-based athletes and everyday people like you break down exactly what they eat in a day. I know that for myself, having that sort of roadmap takes all the information from the other sections of the book and allows you to really distill it down and figure out how you can use it in your everyday life. Yes, Doug. In addition to that, we've got meal plans plus 60 recipes that you can use uh, to work into your current diet or create your own diet based around 
Uh, the plant-based athlete has been endorsed by all kinds of big names in the vegan space, uh, not least of which is T. Colin Campbell, uh, but also the Esselstyns, Michael Greger, who also wrote the forward, Dotsie Bausch, uh, Chloe Coscarelli, every vegan's favorite ultra runner, Scott Jurek, uh, Brenda Davis, both uh, Ocean and John Robbins. I mean, all kinds of who's who in the plant-based space uh, have endorsed the plant-based athletes. And soon we're going to be on the Ritual podcast, which is a little bit of a fun surprise. Hey, uh, anyway, the whole book comes out in a few weeks, June 15th, 2021. You can pre-order it now, though, at book.nomadeathlete.com, and you should absolutely do that. Uh, it's so helpful to to the so important for the success of a book like this that we get early pre-orders so that the bookstores know they want to stock this book, so that media knows they want to cover it. Uh, I know I don't always order books three, four weeks in advance, but if you can make an exception in this case, we would really, really appreciate it. So check it out, book.nomadeathlete.com, and you'll get all kinds of bonuses if you pre-order before June 15th. Awesome. So let's... Uh... Uh, well, one, one other practical question. What, what's your number one piece of advice to people who aren't plant-based, but they've heard about this way of, of eating and sought out your, your direction to make that, that transition? What's the number one thing that you recommend they do? I, I recommend, number one, just getting started. A lot of people are overwhelmed. You know, they oh, I could never do that. I, I could never do that. So I, I try to uh, narrow this uh, hurdle. I try to make it a, a smaller step for them. Oh, just go plant-based for a day. Or, um, you know, I do recommend that they try to stick, stick out a certain period of time. So they really feel the benefits, but, um, I, tr I try to get people to focus on a small, small, uh, hurdle. Uh, the easiest thing to do is to take the meals that you already eat that are most like, or are most vegetarian or vegan, uh, focus on those and then take two, maybe three meals that you, that you have regularly and veganize them, you know, whether it's you're turning right. your like meat chili into a bean chili or a stir fry with chicken into a stir fry with just veggies or tofu, stuff like that. So it's a great segue to, to start opening up the, the controversies. Uh, I shouldn't call them controversies. The, the confusions maybe, although some of them are controversial. Um, for instance, uh, meat substitutes, meat, alternatives, faux meat, whatever you want to call those things. Um, in, in some respects, you know, they're, they're heralded as, you know, an innovation that could save the world, right? Because it's like algae-based eggs, right? And algae is theoretically abundant, right? You know, um, not that, e you know, as, as someone who manufactures algae, not that easy to do at scale, um, but definitely a, a lot, uh, less resource intensive and a lot less destructive, you know, than say uh, so many other things that, that we farm, right? Um, I think a similar thing can be said for a lot of these uh, in terms of their, their use of water and land resources and then the environmental degradation. Um, but then there's the human health component, which is really the, the controversy that I'm curious to, to get your take anytime we have a doctor or a dietitian or, you know, an expert around health. I, I always have to ask the same set of questions just because there seems to be a lot of different opinions. So what, what is your take? And let's say that that meat chili, right? We all recognize that transitioning it to a bean chili would probably be the, the best health decision, right? So that's clear. But, but what if in that transition or generally, instead you use that beyond beef meat crumbles, which isn't terrible, 
right? Like what, what's your take on, on these alternatives? Yeah, so the, the first way to look at this is, um, is something healthy? And when you, when you ask yourself, well, is something healthy? It, it, there's nothing that is uh, in isolation, right? So you have to say, is something healthier than something else? So in this instance, we have a pretty clear, you know, is a, a Beyond Beef burger or, or Impossible Burger healthier than the size equivalent beef burger? And there are some parameters of health on there, like saturated fat, for instance, I believe the Impossible Burger may have like one or two grams higher on the saturated fat, um, which, which you know, by itself would be would be worse. However, there's other parameters like you know, there's no cholesterol and there's no you know animal protein, which can be harmful for your body for many reasons. And so, overall, the Impossible Burger wins, uh, but it's still considered a rich food. One of the problems when you're transitioning. If you're using a lot of the sort of fake meats and fake cheeses to help you make sort of a seamless transition, you'll find that you don't lose your lose weight as fast as as uh, someone who just went go full whole food plant based. But uh, as like a gateway drug, as a gateway drug, they're great. Uh, the, the problem is nowadays with so many options that uh, you can sort of be lulled into this. Hey, I'm eating plant based, but uh, your your health is sort of uh, lagging behind. So yeah, the goal is a whole food plant-based diet with, with no oil and um, you know, extra added saturated fats and stuff like that. So low fat, whole food plant-based diet. So, so that is a great segue to, to the oil controversy. So you're in the no oil, low fat camp, I, I presume. Um, help us understand that and why you arrived at that, uh, at that uh, conclusion. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, th this is, uh, you know, you have the paleo like keto folks who are, are not that scared of fat and, and, you know, and then on the other side, you know, you have this like whole food, low, uh, no oil, low fat folks. So uh, there, there's problems with fat, namely saturated fat. And we know trans fats are carcinogenic and, and bad and, and they're, they're coming out of the diet, but um, saturated fat is another problem that uh, increases your cholesterol. Uh, by decreasing LDL receptors in the liver, so you don't get as much LDL pulled out. So we know we know saturated fat's bad, but what about oil? So oil is the Coca-Cola, hidden sugar in Coca-Cola of the fat world, okay? So what I mean by that is it's hidden calories. And so when you go to the restaurant and you order fajitas, for instance, you say, hey, fajitas is healthy. You know, I'm just gonna order veggie fajitas and it's gonna be you know, on a flour tortilla and I'm gonna eat it and it's gonna be super healthy. But you get it and it's dripping in oil, which is, I, I forget, maybe it's like 120 cows per teaspoon or tablespoon of oil. Uh, and so you're just gonna get extra calories. Now, olive oil and vegetable oils, um, when you compare them against animal fats, uh, are, studies show that they're, they're, healthier, they're healthier for you, like when it's a head-to-head -head comparison you have, uh, you know, your lipid profiles in your body are better when, when, you're, when you're eating oil as a compared to an animal fat. Yeah, but, but there again, once again, so you're gonna, usually when people are switching to a plant-based diet, they're trying to lose weight and get down back to their 18 year old weight. And when you hit a plateau, you gotta, first thing you gotta check is that oil. Gotcha. So um, what, what is your recommendation to, to patients you know, say a four-year-old athletic uh, male 
who has very low cholesterol. He's been vegan seven, eight years. And, uh, you know, and again, no, no health issues to, to speak of, um, that I know of, I should say, knock on wood. Um, you know, uh, when you look at something like, uh, alternative cheeses, right. Um, it, it's essentially straight oil, right? Like, I mean, um, and, and these cheeses are fantastic, but they are straight oil, right? So, so what, what is your recommendation to the vast majority of, um, uh, you know, uh, people who don't have advanced heart disease, right? They're not, they're not obese or even overweight. They, they don't have type two diabetes, right? Like healthy individuals. Do you, do you still suggest that you're always going to be better off with, with whole foods and, and you should aim for zero oil or is there a circumstance? Is there a, a health condition or even an amount of oil that we can tolerate? This, uh, this question, I mean, you're trying, you're trying to like, you're trying to niche it down and to, to like, you know, get me to, to say, uh, uh, you know, you know, well, maybe some oil's okay, you know, but, uh, I guess, I guess it's sort of the thing if we know that in general, uh, you know, like for instance, Dr. Furman, Dr. Furman has this, you know, uh, nutrient density thing, nutritarian diet, you know, how much nutrients per calorie. And so, uh, oil, oil-based foods are have very low nutrients per calorie and so uh in general you want to avoid you want to avoid these types of rich foods uh because oil like yeah, you've seen that picture of the calorie density where you have the stomach that is uh you know yeah. full of it has a little bit of oil at the bottom and then you have like a whole food stomach it was totally full and satiated you know you're you're, you're stuffed so um in general, these foods need to be treated as like uh, as as uh, rich and as treats, as treats. You know, put them in the same category as a, a delicacy or or a, a sweets or something. You need to look at them like that. Uh, like, oh, this is very rich. I got to be careful with this. Yeah, you know, gotcha. Yellow light, red light type. Uh, you know, it's not green. Go, go, go. It's it's use them as, if if it really tickles your fancy. You know, if it really if you need it on your taste buds to just. Um, so that you don't live a totally boring and dull life or something, you know, that, you know, go for it. it it's, uh, you know, but, but, but know that uh, it's, it's not as healthy as a whole plant food. Got it. Understood. Um, still can't get a doctor to tell me that it's okay to eat my, uh, my, my uh, uh, cheese alternatives, but I, I'll keep trying. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what, what about uh, oxalates? Um, so I, I drink, uh, a tremendous amount of spinach. Um, it is much more, I live in a, a small town and don't always have access to the organic greens, uh, that I want. And they're very expensive, right? Spinach is actually a lot cheaper than say an arugula or a kale or a, um, uh, yeah, uh, any of those more exotic, very, very nutrient dense. Um, but spinach, you know, as I mean, Popeye ate it and he seemed to be very, very healthy and strong. Um, but, but, uh, it has oxalates amongst other, uh, or, or like other plants. Um, can you educate us on what, what is the issue with oxalates and, and should I be worried about eating handfuls of spinach every day in my, in my green drinks? 
Yes, this is kind of a debate among the, the vegan community. Um, oxalates in spinach are very high in spinach. And I think in uh, Swiss chard and beet greens, I think uh, are uh, some others that are really high. Um, and the, the thought is that they're so much higher than the other greens that there's concern that you could have too much if you're really going to town on the, uh, on the, uh, on the, the spinach. And so uh, folks like Dr. Gregor and his, I love Dr. Gregor, nutritionfacts.org. He, he, he's a reference, you know, he's a reference, you know, he just has, puts out these uh, great uh, uh, information uh, from, from the science. And he suggests eating it maybe once or twice a week, uh, serving once or twice a week. Uh, but uh, if there's a theoretical risk of if you're eating it pretty much every day that you could potentially end up with some oxalate stones, um, kidney stones related to uh, calcium oxalate. But uh, the other thing, there's, there's concern that it might uh, bind other nutrients uh, and making some other nutrients might be harder. Uh, so there's, but those, those are theoretical risks. There hasn't been like a randomized double blind study that had people proving that it caused the calcium oxalate stones. And um, so other vegan doctors are like, hey, if you are not having a history of kidney, calcium oxalate kidney stones, just don't worry about it because the, uh, the plant-based diet tends to uh, uh, create a, a pH environment in the urine that uh, decreases your risk for kidney stones. So it is a theoretical risk. And, uh, and so, but I, I tell people to, to uh, just be careful, have it a couple times a week and just mix up your greens you know, with the kale and arugula. Arugula is my favorite. Mine too. Mine too. Um, <laughs> awesome. And uh, uh, you have a, a weight loss rule of thumb that you can't outrun your mouth. Um, help us understand that because I think there's a lot of people, uh, particularly our, you know, uh, members of our audience who are dedicated to our fitness routines. Um, but, but explain to us that rule and, and what is that relationship between what we eat and, and can you exercise off the amount of calories? My, my uh, addiction to, to cheese alternatives and oil, for instance, uh, can, can, I, can I make amends for that in the weight room <laughs> or in my gym, which is to the left? <laughs> yeah, well, I, you can't outrun your mouth. It, it sort of smacks of, uh, you know, me poo-pooing the idea of exercise. And I don't want that to be, uh, I don't want that to be the message. Um, however, there are, uh, uh, sometimes when people try to start a health kick, the first thing they think of is exercise and that they won't really focus on uh, their, their change behaviors with, on, their, on their food. And just what we put in our body is so powerful, is so powerful. And the amount of exercise that you have to do to reduce or the amount of effort that you have to put in an exercise to, you know, burn off 100, 200 calories is pretty dramatic uh, uh, when that could be in just a couple of bites, you've gone up a couple of hundred calories. And so that's just trying to put in perspective that, that the, the building blocks that we're putting into our, into our body, the body is a temple, uh, you want your building blocks to be uh, of high nutrient value. You know, and uh, and so it's so easy to uh, bust your calories from from what you put in your mouth. And so I go as far I go as far as saying that what we eat determines our body shape, and that exercise is for mental health. 
exercises for mental health. I'm not even really focused on, you know, injury prevention and, you know, getting huge and everything, because when you eat a plant-based diet, a whole food plant-based diet, you kind of trying to trim down to your 18 year old weight and you have low fat. And so you kind of look like, you look like a native, you look awesome. You look like, you, you, you look like you're swinging from the, you know, your Tarzan, you know, right, right. Uh, but exercise, when you exercise, you, you, your anxiety goes down, your depression goes down and your, your mood lifts and you just, your outlook on life, just to, you, you can't be anxious after you've just run a couple miles. You just yep. feel at peace in your, and so that, that is, that is my prescription for, for mental health and that, that sort of thing uh, for the most part. Um, yeah. So I think, I think it's a, it's a fascinating paradigm that I hadn't, I haven't heard, uh, but more and more science is indicating, uh, you know, the, the truth behind that. In fact, I just recently saw that like one of the most powerful, you know, sort of, uh, I don't know, the, an anti-correlation that I don't want to say it prevents, but um, exercise and uh, uh, I, I can't remember if it's symptoms of dementia or if it's actually Alzheimer's. I know Alzheimer's has a lot more to do with genetic than say the the general sort of um, you know, plaque buildup in the brain and everything else. Uh, um, but, but it is fascinating how much we are finding out about, you know, just the, the need for our bodies to exert ourselves and to move on a daily basis. Um, and not just, you know, as you, as you said, uh, 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 in, in like incredible exertion, you know, for 35 minutes, but instead, you know, just being active throughout the day, walking and, and, uh, and just moving your body. I, I think it's, it's such an important message to, to get across. Um, let me uh, continue on this um, very selfish line of, of questioning. Uh, I think these are general controversies, but, but there are That's strains cool. That's of cool. it. No that, uh, well, this, this one in particular is because uh, I have kids, um, but I'm not the only one with kids and, and many people listening uh, also have kids. So um, in, in your practice, in your opinion, uh, do we need to be more careful with the nutrition uh, for our kids? And I don't mean to put you on the spot. I know um, it says primary care, not pediatric. So by all means, you're allowed to, to plead the fifth. But uh, again, I have, I have two little boys and I'm constantly thinking about their nutrition because they eat a plant-based diet. And you know, I want to make sure that I'm checking off all those boxes. So should I be more concerned about certain nutrients for them? The, the, the key to this one is, um, well, I mean, first off, uh, I'm a family doctor, so uh, I'm trained for cradle to grave. So all, all aspects of life, infancy, pregnancy, uh, geriatric population, and and so now, I mean, that being said, when you're a pediatrician, you're focused on, on this area. So, I, I mean, I, I would, you know, look to the plant-based pediatrician, Jackie Bussey. She's a great, great resource to this, but I, I, I've got a lot, I've got kids myself and I, I know what you're going through. I know you, everything they put in your mouth, you, you're, you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, you're wanting them to have the best, best opportunities. And what we find throughout the United States is, is that... Uh, cardiovascular disease and um, vascular uh, streaks, uh, you know, atherosclerosis starting at a very early age. And you have all these, uh, there, there's lots of fear because you know that, uh, that the food that you eat in early age can set you up for, for problems later on. And so 
but being being plant based, I mean, you've re you're really setting up um, them to have lifelong habits. And and the best thing way you can do that is to lead by example. Ooh, daddy's eating, you know, spinach, and daddy's eating this and that. And uh, when they see when they see the plants passing your lips, you know, they know that hey, that's good to eat. And so even though they they may not be, you know, like just diving into the spinach right away, uh, it, it that that's the first step. Uh, in terms of nutrients, what the the uh, as the, as the child transitions from infancy away from the breast milk, uh, you do want to have high calorie density. High calorie density is sort of the opposite of what we talk about with adults. High calorie density. So the easiest way to do that, and pediatricians will recommend milk, milk products, um, and but you know we're vegans, and so we recommend plant milk. And the number one for that is soy milk, unsweetened organic soy milk. It has the, it has the most uh, macros that are most like uh, breast milk. And so, you know, if the, if the children are eating like high amounts of vegetables and stuff like that, it, you, you can actually be low calorie density and uh, there might be concern that they're not getting enough calories. So that's an easy way to increase their calories with, uh, you know, um, liquid, you know, through liquid, through milk, you know, right, just right. like, uh, like, a, like a protein shake for an adult, you know, is, is just basically increased calories and it's easy to eat a shake. Uh, uh, it just is rapid. Uh, so you, you, you really don't have to worry too much about the children, honestly, in terms of, uh, of calorie intake and that sort of thing, they, they tend to monitor themselves uh, unless you're seeing some sort of problems with their growth curves. Uh, if, if usually they're, they're usually following along or growth curves, there's, there's no concern at all. And so you may not have to worry about supplementing unless they're having something like that. Gotcha. Um, that's a great final question. Supplementing. What, what is your take? Cause obviously we, we, uh, think about that a lot. Um, uh, you know, think about the, the, uh, specific nutrients that vegans, you know, maybe, um, more susceptible to deficiency or, or may just optimize their diet because they're harder to absorb. There's blocking agents like phytates. What, what, what is your take on sort of the, the, the needs and opportunities uh, around supplements? Yeah, the, uh, the, main, the main one, of course, is B12. We all know that uh, vegan diet is, is lacking in B12. And uh, so, so that's the first one. First thing is I, you know, oh my gosh, you're B12. One of the biggest things is that uh, with the whole food plant-based diet and uh, right on the other, uh, the other, on the other hand, people are talking about, oh, you can get all your, your, uh, your vitamins and minerals from the food that you eat. And people that consume a plant-based diet are getting way more vitamins and minerals and stuff than the folks who are eating less nutrient dense foods. So it's kind of the opposite when people say, well, you know, plant-based, I wonder if they're getting all their nutrients, you know? And, and so really, really usually uh, Americans are overfed. So, this, so you don't have to worry too much. However, there are a few things. B12 is number one. Vitamin D is, is, is right up there because we're all, um, we're not outside running naked in, in the woods, in the sun, you know, we're all inside and living our modern lives. So we're not producing vitamin D and we're all deficient. So we should take 2000 units daily. Uh, and then there's the other, other uh, vitamins. There's uh, omega-3s. You want to get um, long chain omega-3s, uh, um, uh, DHA, uh, uh, 250 milligrams daily. That's ideal for algae-based 
algae-based uh, DHA. And then uh, there's, there's debate if you don't eat a lot of uh, the seaweed products like the nori or the wakame uh, seaweed salads, or you don't use or using um, salt that doesn't have iodine, it's not iodized salt, then you should take 150 micrograms of iodine. Um, and, and there's others, there's debate about uh, zinc and variety of other, other, um, other products. But I, I focus on those two, uh, those three, really. I focus on the uh, B12, vitamin D, and the omega-3s. Um, that's super funny, and we should emphasize that uh, you have no affiliation with Complement, uh, and, and you did not, uh, we, we did not pre-plan this to uh, emphasize the, the three things that we drive home. Uh, and after this conversation, we can, we can uh, uh, I'll share more why I say that, but for the audience's uh, um, uh, appreciation, the uh, yeah we because uh, we we do uh, proudly uh, sell a, a combined product with those three things in particular. So awesome. very happy, very happy to hear you you say that. Like I said, I didn't want uh, didn't want anyone thinking that this was uh, this was a uh, a, a pre planned endorsement. <laughs> by no, affiliation. no affiliation. No affiliation. <laughs> But happy to hear that. Uh, it's always it's always worse when it goes the other way, right? And and uh, whomever is on the other end of this uh, the, 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 this line of questioning says like, ah, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> right? Oh, it's right, right, more right. awkward. Um, uh, but uh, awesome. And um, uh, let's see. Uh, la last question: uh, Is there a message, uh, a call to action, something that you'd like to to leave our our audience with today, um, big philosophical or, or very uh, practical. And, and I will uh, uh, save you the, the need. Um, uh, you can learn more about Dr. Harrington at veganprimarycare.com. Um, so you don't have to say that. Uh, people can already go and, <laughs> and check that out. And obviously all of your um, social profiles and the like are, are linked and we will link them in, in the short show notes as well. Um, but is there something else that you'd like to leave the listeners with a, a call to action or just a message to, to hit home? Uh, the, the number one thing is it's never too late. It's never too late. And it's not hard. It's easy. It's just, you just uh, got uh, to jump, jump, jump right into it and, and you can do it. You can do it. And yeah, so it's never too late to take back your health and do a plant-based diet um, with everything. Sometimes you kind of take a, a, a you step backwards but uh, uh, don't let that deter you. You can do it. Awesome. Uh, I can't think of a better note to end on. So again, Dr. Scott Harrington, uh, I really appreciate you spending the time and uh, answering all my curiosities and, and, uh, and sharing a little bit of your expertise with us. Great, thank you so much. It was a real pleasure being on the show.